0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast, twenty sixteen and of regular season edition. My name is Hakun Wong, I'm the Editor-in-Chief at Football Garbage Time, and joining me shortly will be Ryan Whitfield, Senior Staff Writer of Football Garbage Time, and we're going to be talking about all the NFL highlights from the end of the 2016 regular season. That's going to include a number of interesting things that I think will impact the end of the regular season, as well as the playoffs, into the following year including injuries all across the NFL, including the Derek Carr, Marcus Marietta, and all these other people who I think are going to be really, really key coming up. And, of course, the important showdown in the NFC between Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions in Week 17, uh, thoughts on interesting matchups in the NFC playoffs and AFC playoffs, and much, much more. All right, so, well, this week um, we're going to be kind of combining a couple of things, of course, because this time around, uh, we have, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going around you know, in the NFL, but we also have a bunch of other stuff going on outside of the NFL, like our lives, I know, I know, I know, we should be only thinking about the NFL right now, we really shouldn't be thinking about anything else, and I know we might hit the target there, but you know, we're, we're going to try our best, and we're going to try and get you all the information that we can, while also handling all this other Crazy stuff that we gotta do. For instance, you know, get ready for going to the in laws and getting all our stuff together for the New Year's. That's right, we actually do celebrate the New Year's too. So, at any rate, let's go ahead and, uh, and get started with a few things. I'm gonna run down a couple of the injuries and, um, and we'll talk about those first. Alright, so let's get started. All right, starting with the injuries, we got a couple big ones here, and we'll circle back around Ryan once he gets on the line. But let me go ahead and just cover them for you. First of all is Derek Carr of the uh, Oakland Raiders. Now, of course, this is one of the most notable of the slew of devastating injuries over this last weekend. That was uh, week 16 of the NFL when Carr went down with a broken fibula, and it was actually very late in the game. Uh, they already had the game in hand, and of course, uh, hindsight's always 2020. 20 You always say, well, maybe they could have been out of the game, and maybe he could have saved him. But at the end of the day, he was playing through. He was doing great. There's no reason to pull him. And he just happened to have a a, a fluke injury. Um, now, it's likely he's going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, this obviously is catastrophic for Oakland. Uh, they have been doing so well throughout the, uh, the 2016 season. I mean, really exceeding. All expectations um, of basically anybody who thought about what they could possibly achieve this season. I mean, they're now at a 12 and 3 record. I mean, only only three losses. I mean, that is amazing. Um, at home, they're 6 and 2 on the road, 6 and 1. Uh, they've done an amazing job, like I said, uh, and and it's a shame. It's a real shame. They uh, they they played great football over the last year, and Derek Carr has really blossomed into. One of the best uh, starting quarterbacks, actually, in the NFL, and it's actually reflected very, very much in how much how much Oakland has improved over this last year. In fact, if you look at Football Outsiders and they take a look at a, a DVOA, which is kind of a an efficiency rating for offense and defense, you'll see that Oakland was ranked seventh on offense, and uh, and that is definitely reflected in what Derek Carr has brought to the team, along with Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper and Latavius Murray and Jalen Rashard and uh, basically everyone else on that offense. Now, their defense is obviously a little bit of liability, ranked 22nd by DVOA, um, and so that has been an issue, but they definitely improved, particularly with Khalil Mack. They have definitely improved, and they looked like they were going to actually challenge for the Super Bowl, but with this injury to Derek Carr, I think it's unlikely that he's gonna be able to, uh, that the Oakland Raiders are gonna be able to make it to the Super Bowl. Now, on the off chance he makes it to the Super Bowl, the question is, can Derek Carr make it back for that? Well, um, from what we can tell, the surgery was actually this uh, last Tuesday, uh, yesterday, uh, and uh, they repaired the broken fibula. It went extremely well, according to all reports. In fact, the surgeon said that when he went in, he noticed that the bone had already, quote, healed, started healing itself, Uh, Unquote. And uh, and, and Derek's brother, uh, actually, David Carr actually uh, talked about that uh, on the news, on the radio. So it's clear that he's moving along well. But even with that, it looks like he's facing a six to eight week minimum recovery time. And of course, the Super Bowl is six Sundays from now. Uh, he would be extraordinary if he was able to make it back in time, and that would be uh, Adrian Peterson-like recovery time period, although, as we saw what happened in the last uh, uh, two weeks ago Week 15, Adrian Peterson is not really Adrian Peterson anymore either. So, But anyway, the fact of the matter is that Derek Carr is unlikely to be able to get back in time, and that may be the end for the Oakland Raiders. We'll see what Matt McGoin can do for them in Week 17. Okay. Let's move on to the next injury, and that's Marcus Mariota of the Tennessee Titans, another terrific quarterback making incredible strides this year, suffers a broken fibula, and this time near his ankle over the weekend. Now, that is a really tough blow for a burgeoning Tennessee Titans uh, team who are still in the playoff hunt going into next week. Uh, Now, uh, unfortunately, Mariota is having surgery today in Charlotte with Dr. Robert Anderson, uh, that's Wednesday, and uh, his timeline for recovery is about four to five months, uh, probably because the fibula is broken near his ankle. So that will be a huge problem. Um, the procedure actually will involve, or probably has involved now, a plate being inserted into Mariota's leg. This is going to be a problem. He's almost certain to miss uh, most of the Titans offseason program as well, but he should be ready to go for training camp. That's, a, again, a big blow for the Tennessee Titans. They were doing really well. Uh, they were actually coming into this week with, um, with a chance, actually, of uh, making it to the playoffs, um, and they, they ended up losing last week. They would, have, they would have had a nice showdown with the Houston Texans coming up in Week 17. That actually is no longer probably going to be important since the Texans actually won, and also because it's unlikely the Tennessee Titans will be able to beat the Houston Texans uh, in Week 17. So with that said, that is, that is a real shame. I mean, Mariota has has, uh, has done a great job, um, really big steps, steps forward this year. Uh, the the offense in Tennessee is ranked 10th by DBOA. Um, clearly some big steps forward uh, for them. Uh, they also have to work on their defense uh, being ranked 23rd. So clearly uh, there's some work to do in the offseason by tennis. I think that for Tennessee Titans, the one thing they can is that at least they have a franchise quarterback in Marcus Mariota. So let's keep it moving along here. Next we have Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks who had a spectacular catch and run uh, that looked like it was going to be a touchdown, but then it was ruled that he was down on the one-yard line and he ends up breaking both his tibia and fibula in his right leg. Uh, Pretty gruesome injury. If you saw it uh, live, you had to look away. It was it was absolutely gruesome. Um, now Lockett has had surgery. Apparently there was no uh, ligament damage, so that's good. There's still about a four to six week timeline uh, for him to uh, recover, and that's kind of a minimum timeline, particularly with that type of injury. Uh, it's not um, not the end of the world for Tyler Lockett. He will be back. Uh, however, that is a that is a little bit of a problem for the Seahawks, who have had. He uh, had a lot of great production from Lockett, both on special teams, teams recovering and uh, and returning punts and kicks, and also on defense, and also on offense, providing a a very fast option opposite uh, Doug Baldwin. And actually, uh, getting ahead in some ways, Jermaine Kearse on the uh, pecking order in the receiving core in Seattle. So, that's a shame for uh, Seattle, but I think they'll be fine. They have 18th rank offense by DBOA. They have the 4th rank defense, clearly. 9th rank special teams. That special teams number will probably take a hit. That offensive number probably won't be hit too much. Paul Richardson will probably step up. We'll probably see more for Jermaine Kearse, maybe a little bit more involvement. For uh, Doug Baldwin and uh, for Jimmy Graham as well, but they have plenty of weapons in Seattle so I don't anticipate that being a problem. And and the four to six week timeline means that Lockett does have the possibility of making it back. if They do make it to the Super Bowl, but I think it's more likely that he'll be back for next year. Now let's keep it rolling with another injury and this is with the Seahawks again. Now this one's clearing up and it looks like it's going to be okay. But the Seahawks, um, there was a possibility that they would be without Thomas Rawls, their regular starting running back. Now Rawls suffered a shoulder injury over the weekend. Uh, everyone was optimistic. Uh, Alex Collins actually looks great subbing in. Um, but Thomas Rawls did practice uh, Wednesday to, uh, in full, so it looks like he's going to be okay and will return. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, though, for Thomas Rawls to have a snap limited limitation and allow Alex Collins to get a little bit more time on the field since he was very productive and Rawls was, uh, was, was really kind of not as productive up uh, to that point. So we'll see how that goes, but it doesn't look like that's going to be an issue for the Seahawks going forward. Let's move it on to the Sean Jackson. Uh, he injured his uh, jaw in the third quarter, Washington's win over the Chicago Bears, my, my lowly Chicago Bears, uh, and he didn't return. He was day-to-day, Um, They're going into their regular season finale against the Giants. They kind of had a shot at the playoffs on the line. Um, He did practice fully on Wednesday, that's today, uh, so there's not really going to be an issue. It looks like Deshaun Jackson will be back for the Washington Redskins. So let's move it on to Carlos Hyde. Now, he suffered a uh, torn MCL on Saturday after taking a big hit in the fourth quarter. Um, now, the 49ers clearly are not in the playoff hunt at all. They're in the draft pick hunt at this point. But the injury is still pretty significant because Carlos Hyatt is, is probably, their starting running back into the future, their franchise running back into the future. Now, luckily for them, no surgery was required for this particular injury, but he was moved to the IR. Now, Carlos Hyatt was having a very good season. He was only 12 yards shy of his first 1,000-yard season. Uh, and he still managed career highs in rushing yards of 988, receiving yards of 163, and touchdowns with nine. So had he played the last uh, game of the season, I think he would have achieved that. Looks like he's on the upswing. Uh, the 49ers have only one way to go, and that's up, because they have pretty sure to be at the bottom of the barrel now, uh, really only exceeded uh, by the awfulness of the Cleveland Browns, perhaps uh, challenged by the awfulness of the Chicago Bears. But either way... 49ers should be okay next year when Carlos Hyde returns from his MCL tear, uh, hopefully as good as he was when he left. So let's talk about uh, Bryce Petty now. So Bryce Petty, second-year quarterback, he exited the Saturday's, uh, Saturday's game against the New England Patriots after injuring his shoulder, uh, tackling Malcolm Butler as Butler returned a fumble. Um, now Petty suffered a torn labrum on his norm throwing shoulder, at that time, and that was a real issue uh, for him, uh, which means that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be back. Fitz, Fitz back to Fitzpatrick magic. Uh, and, of course, there's a discussion of what's going to happen to Christian Hackenberg. And on the line now, we have Ryan Whitfield. Hey, Ryan, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Sorry about that, Hong Yeah, no problem. No problem. I was just explaining to all our listeners there that We're trying our best to get them some some, uh, programming here in light of the fact that we're in the crazy, crazy holiday season, you know, between Christmas and Hanukkah and Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's. It's just craziness right now. So uh, they should be thankful that we're even on the air at all. Uh, So (laughs) I don't think it's a a big deal. So I just went through uh, the litany of injuries that were uh, going on in the NFL to Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Tyler Lockett, Carlos Hyde, Bryce Petty. I also talked about Thomas Rawls, and Deshaun Jackson, but both of those guys practiced today, so it looks like they will be back in Week 17. So do you have any thoughts about any of those injuries, uh, Dakar, Mariota, Lockett, Hyde, or Petty?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say that, you know, it just proves in a lot of ways that, uh, you know, it's it's a war of attrition in the sport. And uh, um, obviously the two biggest, most devastating, because a lot of those teams are uh, – you know, out of, kind of out of the race. You know, petty, and um, but you know the Derek Carr um, injury. I, I think that completely ends all chances for Oakland to do anything this postseason. Right. I, I didn't like them coming. I didn't like them coming to New England with Derek Carr. I certainly don't like it with uh, Matt McLaughlin or however you say his last name, the Penn State kid there. Yeah, um, right. And then McGloin, yeah. and then Tennessee was fighting for for the division and. Well, they weren't they weren't playing overly well uh, to begin with on on uh, Saturday. That that injury definitely was the the final nail in the coffin there. That gave uh, gave Tom Savage and the, and the Texans the division. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I was just talking about uh, earlier that uh, Derek Carr has made some serious steps forward this year, though, and they, I think at least they should take heart in the fact that going forward they do have their franchise quarterback. I mean, this is just a broken fibula; it's something that will be healed. Apparently, there was the good news from uh, David Carr that the surgeon said that uh, his brother, uh, his brother's uh, fibula actually started healing itself before they even started the surgery. So who knows if he has superhuman healing powers or not. But the Super Bowl is six Sundays away if, by some stroke of luck, the Oakland Raiders make it to the Super Bowl. There is an outside chance that Carr makes it back, although I certainly wouldn't count on that. And as for Mariota, you're right, they were kind of uh, spiraling down the drain anyway, but... Mariota, I think, has been taking some steps forward, too. I mean, what do you think? you think he's a viable franchise quarterback for the Titans uh, going into next year?
0: Yeah, I think he is. I think they need to get him a, a few more weapons on the offense. I mean, they, they play good defense. They run the ball well. Um, obviously, Delaney Walker's a stud, but, you know, Rashad Matthews can't be, you know, your most consistent and best uh, wide receiver weapon. Um, and also, I think Mike is a bum, so. Um, I think they're a team that, even you know, they almost made the playoffs. I, I, you know, every year there's one surprise firing. Um, and I think whether they finish nine and seven or eight and eight, that he could be the guy that, uh, that that could be the surprise acts in this off season.
1: Yeah. Right. I think they're probably, They probably will give him a pass just because of the injuries, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if there wasn't any injuries, he probably would be on the chopping block for sure. Um, let me ask you about Tyler Lockett, you know, so we, you know, the, the Seahawks obviously are vying for a bye week. If they can win this for coming up week um, on week 17, uh, Tyler Lockett was actually stepping up. He's uh, a big contributor on special teams, returning kicks and punts, and has uh, been a great, uh, fast, speedy, outside threat. Uh, has actually been out-snapping the second wide receiver there, Jermaine Kearse, uh, and has been really running a lot of two wide receiver sets with Doug Baldwin. Do you think the absence of Tyler Lockett will significantly impact the Seahawks' offense at all?
0: I mean, I, I wouldn't use the word significantly. It doesn't make them better. Um it's, it's not really against Tyler Lockett. I just think, I think that team is in um, in a bad spot right now. Um, you know, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. Their old Thomas injury is huge, and then they need to go out and address the offensive line in the off season. So, with or without Lockett, um, you know, six weeks ago, I think we when we had a podcast, I, uh, you know, I had said that I thought that they were the NFC favorites, and I just I don't even I you know I I think they're primed for a first round loss whether they had Lockett or not. Wow. So,
1: Wow. Yeah, it's not
0: it's not gonna make them better, but I don't think that uh you know, I would think I would say they're probably going through my head. Um yeah, I mean I'd put them as maybe the, the, the fourth best team in the NFC right now.
1: Oh the fourth so obviously you got the Cowboys ahead of them. Uh the Giants I assume are also ahead of them. And and who's yep. the other team? Which Nobody's which one
0: after the other? Nobody's playing oh, better you, football you, than the Aaron Rodgers right now. So yeah, oh, wow. so I think the Packers okay. are, are hotter and, and a better and a better team right now than uh, than Seattle.
1: Wow. Okay. All right. But you're still not giving any credit to Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons, huh? They're ten and five. He hasn't imploded yet, Who? Ryan. I mean, isn't he gonna Matt, Matt Ryan? Come on.
0: He's still he's still uh, a guy. They, he's still playing football. Are they still are they still playing football in Atlanta? I completely <laughs> Um Yeah. When they when they when they went around in the playoffs. I'll give them credit, um, and I, honestly, I mean, the, depending on the way it, it shapes out, um, if they if they end up playing the first weekend, um, then they have to win two. So basically, I guess what I'm saying is, if they get to the NFC Championship game, I'll back off my Matt Ryan take, Unless he goes out and throws five picks in that game, then I'll be right back there, uh, you know, doing the the, choking, <laughs> the, the the Reggie Miller choke sign. Right, right, right. All
1: right. Well, we're gonna. To... Oh, it's not really an injury, but the breaking news earlier today that um, Buccaneers running back Doug Martin has been suspended by the NFL for four games for violating the league's policy and performance enhancing drugs now part of that was at we as we may or may not know is a drug for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, but is used by a lot of uh, people for his focusing and for energy and for things of that nature. So apparently he was taking um, a significant amount of Adderall, and uh, and he thought about appealing it. He came out with a statement that said he spoke to the GM, he spoke to the coach, he spoke to his teammates, and decided just to check in to a treatment facility right away and serve a suspension now. Uh, I suspect part of that is, with, is because the Buccaneers can't make the playoffs, so, you know, why the heck not, but, you know, give him a little bit of credit. Now, GM Jason Licks actually said, quote, our primary concern is that he takes his time to focus on getting the help he needs. Uh, We certainly hope that as well, and that explains why he had a mysterious uh, healthy scratch in week 16. Uh, Of course, the suspension voids all the guaranteed money from Martin's $7 million base salary for next season. To add a little bit more interesting uh, interest to the back uh, to this background story here, is Charles Sims also to the IR, leaving Jaquise Rogers by himself, performing relatively well in Week 16 in in, uh, in place of Doug Martin. So let me ask you this. Is Doug Martin long for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they're starting running back, uh, or is Jaquise Rogers the guy, or is it going to be someone who's not on their roster right now?
0: Um, yeah, I don't think it's Doug Martin in the long run, and I don't think it's Jaquise Rogers, so – I guess I'd go option C. Um, you, know, you know my thought. I think <laughs> okay. they're best suited to go draft somebody in the third or fourth round next year. Um, right. And, and watch them pan out um, and build the offensive line. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's Doug Martin. You know, I know there's been a couple – you know, he kind of came out of nowhere. There's been a couple injury things, and I think that he's been relatively consistent when he's on the field, but um, not, as, not as good as I think or as solid as we all thought he once would be. I thought we thought he'd all uh, – Rise to the elite class of the running backs, and I think he's a step behind yeah. that. Um, you Absolutely. know, and whatever's going on, you know, I'm I'm certainly not a doctor, nor am I a toxicologist. But one of the things I've always heard um, is that the reason why some of these guys claim Adderall or are busted for Adderall is because Adderall is a masking agent for uh, whether it's heavier drugs or uh, or PEDs. So, um, okay. I, you right. know, the, the Adderall thing seems a little bit more palatable. So I think they all say it to the to the media. Oh, it was just it was just Adderall. It was just abusing Adderall. But I think there was a I think there's usually the guys who claim Adderall, there's a deeper, deeper thing going on there, not to speculate. But, um, you know, right, if I'm right. looking at the future of that team, I would, you know, I would I would certainly take that into account.
1: Yeah, I certainly wouldn't check into, check into a treatment facility for just an Adderall issue. So uh, I agree with you. I think there's something deeper there. But, you know, kudos to him for actually recognizing it, getting himself to get some help right away and uh, not trying to uh, prolong this issue. Um, but I agree. You know, now with his guaranteed money basically off the table. They could keep him on the roster and basically just cut him after he comes back if they find something better out there. This is going to be a, a three-week uh, audition at the beginning of the uh, 2017 season. Jaquise Rogers might be in the mix. Charles Simms might be in the mix. But I agree. I think the, the answer is someone who is not on their roster yet. All right, Well, so with that said, let's move on. We want to talk about uh, some potential interesting matchups in the NFC and AFC playoffs, but let's first talk about who might make it in the NFC, and that's this big division showdown in Week 17 between the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. And you've already said, Ryan, that you think no one is playing better football than Aaron Rodgers. So let me ask you about that. What are your thoughts on this showdown between the Packers and the Lions for the NFC North in Week 17?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm taking Green Bay. I think it was four or five weeks ago, or maybe even six now, that uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, came out and said, you know, we, we can absolutely run the table. Um, I believe they're 6-0 and o since uh, it, either either he said it after a game or two or it was uh, right right at the beginning of the streak. But either way, um, you know, six straight games here. They're playing incredible football. I mean, I, they, they were a losing record, and they were a mess. They, they couldn't play defense. They couldn't run the ball. Um, Ty Montgomery's emerged into a running threat, and they kind of have, like um, – you know that that feel of 2010, where they're kind of just on a little bit of a roll here, and I, I think him and that organization, um, when they get hot, you know they're they're one of the scariest teams in football. And Jordy Nelson looks like he's fully back to health. Um, on the flip side, Detroit, you know it, it was fun while well, it lasted, calling them the Cardiac Kids for a while, but you know if you're always trailing right. in the fourth quarter water reaches its level, um or seeks its level eventually and eventually you stop winning all those games and you start losing a couple and that's what you're seeing now. So I think they lose this weekend, um and then you know, be uh really based on I believe I believe the scenario is that if Washington loses, it doesn't matter who loses that game, they both get in. Um but for the loser if Washington wins they get passed. But I, I think I think Green Bay's gonna take it and take the division.
1: Yeah, you know it's uh, it's interesting because being a Chicago Bears fan, the uh, the Packers are the evil, evil empire, you know. So it's hard for me to actually root hard for me to actually root for Aaron Rodgers and company. But uh, you are right, their offense has really been clicking over the last couple of weeks. And the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, they were not impressive against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. So I definitely think there's an issue there. And if you look at football outsiders, uh, the, the Detroit Lions have the worst-ranked defense by DBOA in the NFL. I think that's going to be the biggest problem. It's not necessarily Matt Stafford and his offense and what they can get going, but what can a defense do against such a high-octane offense that's clicking like Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson Devontae Adams and now Ty Montgomery finding a good place in the backfield, uh, kind of uh, spelled by Christine Michael. You know, I think there's a lot of weapons there um, in, in Green Bay, and that's going to be really difficult for the for the Detroit Lions to start stop. So, let's, with that said, let's move on to um, to the next topic, and that's really what we wanted to get to all along. Um, and that is the uh, potential interesting matchups in the playoffs. Now, we already kind of talked about the scenarios that might play out, mostly in the NFC. There's nothing in the AFC to really worry about at this point. They're pretty much locked in. What do you think about the AFC, Ryan? What are the potential interesting matchups in the AFC that you might be looking forward to?
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, I think, you know, my thoughts are the way it's going to shape out this week. Obviously, there's a couple seedings built in the air. But, um, you know, I really think we're going to get to see uh, Miami and Pittsburgh in uh in the in the wild card weekend, um mm-hmm. Miami obviously on the road in Pittsburgh for that game, um so that one will definitely be uh will be will be fun to watch, um see if Miami yeah. has grown, um you know just to see Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is one of those teams that they it's just more interesting when they're in it. and You got two of the best running backs in the NFL going head to head in that one, um so I think right. that one'll be interesting. The other one's a lapper. It's gonna be most likely it's gonna be Casey or Oakland against Houston. Houston gets uh. Gets uh, run off the field in either case because um, I just don't believe <laughs> in that in that organization. Um, really? Even, and if the, McGloin, even if Matt McLoyne,
1: even if Matt Oakland Raiders, do you think that that Houston will get run
0: off the field? Yeah, they're just one of those loser franchises. I just don't. I don't. I don't ever buy into them. You um, right. know, I just in not even just from an expansion standpoint. I just um, you know I think think every year they get in. I mean, trust me, I'm a Patriot fan, so I'd love to see them upset you know, if they play KC in that game and uh, in that in the, they're coming to Foxborough the week after not KC, but um, yep, as, far yep. as far as the second round, you know, I think that the Patriots potentially playing KC in that second round also be a really great game. Yeah, I actually think that uh,
1: Kansas City is looking particularly dynamite. Now, I can tell you that I'm Uh, from a personal standpoint, just uh, um, really pissed off at the Kansas City Chiefs because Tyreek Hill has been so freaking good, and he was single-handedly responsible for destroying me in the uh, fantasy football playoffs in one of my leagues this weekend. (laughs) But he is really a fine for them. I mean, that 70-yard touchdown run was out of this world. And, of course, I mean, that guy has just blazing speed. And Travis Kelchy you know, as much as, we want to, as much as we want to criticize him for his off-field stuff and his reality TV programming and everything, he looks like the real deal. I mean, 160 yards and a touchdown this past weekend, he looks terrifically solid. For a team that's not traditionally known, at least in the recent times, for its offense, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are peaking at the right time. Um, do you think that, the, as of all the AFC teams out there, do you think that the Chiefs have the best chance of knocking out the Patriots? Uh,
0: I guess. Um, I just I I I'm not really afraid of anybody in the AFC. Um, you know I think I think they're all kind of knuckleheads in KC, and they've had they've had a couple really bad games this year. Um, you know the Tennessee loss. I think I think they're perennially one of those teams that they'll they'll beat up on the weaker teams. Um, but when they get in, you know, good matchups with good teams, um, like the real elite teams, I don't think that they're you know they they got they got trounced by Pittsburgh earlier this year. Um, I mean, they were at home, and they did everything they could to blow that game, and Oakland just wasn't experienced enough to take, uh, to take the win that day. So, um, you know, I, I expect much of the same what we saw last year if they come to town. Um, the Pats, you know, routinely take away well, your number one guy, so they'll, they'll, they'll commit. They'll double-team and shut down Tyreek Hill, and then, and then dare Travis Kelsey and Alex Smith and Spencer Ware to beat them, and I don't think those three guys are enough.
1: Right, right. So I totally agree with that. So in the NFC, quickly, what's your what's your matchup that you're looking forward
0: to? Um, so it's not really a first round matchup, but I'm just I'm looking forward to to KC against anybody. I mean, KC uh, Dallas against anybody. Um, and then I always love uh, you know anybody who loves football except for you Bears fans. Got has to love uh, January football at Lambeau. So I'll be looking forward to whoever they get in the first round as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. I can definitely agree. I, you know, I I do. I can appreciate good football, uh, but it's just really painful. That's all. <laughs> I can appreciate watching the Packers play at Lambeau, though. All right. So that's all the time we got for this week. So Ryan, give us your uh, give us your Twitter handle so they can follow you.
0: Yes. At Ryan Whitfield N E. All right, you can follow me at FB
1: Garbage Time. Follow us online, follow us on Twitter, follow us on our website, and enjoy the rest of your NFL week. And Happy New Year, everybody! We'll be speaking to you again in 2017.